One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, back for another week of training camp. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live is the show. Thanks for tuning in. Another practice in the books. I believe this is day 10. And back. <laughs> you can't tell because they're all the same. Well, for the most part. Today was a very long oh my practice session. They went to about a quarter we to had, 12. We were had lunch. We were coming out of the lunchroom. And Sean McDermott was walking in. And we, we, com- <laughs> we complained no, about we, how long practice was for us. We didn't complain. He looked at us. He goes, come on, aren't you guys going to even sweat? I said, Coach, I will have you know. We had to stand out there for over two hours today two and hours. watch practice. Let me tell you so something. Can I you talk him, to the guy that decides s- how long this is? I had to slide in my chair to get back into the shade because the shade left. They were out there so long. So, uh, you know, Goodness we're, we're, I don't know what he's talking. We're doing our part around here. All right. Um, <laughs> in any event. I'll tell you what, it was a long practice. It was a long session. It was a long one. And they, it was the first time I've seen a fight. Yeah, there's a little had, scrap after the play. Um, Spencer nothing, Brown involved. Uh, it doesn't really count as a fight. Yeah, it was a little tussle. But that's the first one I've Pushing seen. Pushing and shoving. First one I've seen. Grabbing people's helmets, yeah. ripping them off people's heads. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other people got in there. and Yeah, it was good. Cooler heads prevailed. You know it was going to be that. Early in practice, they had some one-on-one blitz pickup for the backs and the tight ends. Yeah. With the linebackers and safeties coming off the edge or coming up through the, the A-gap as well. Um, all of that stuff. And you could tell it was one of those practices because, you know, one guy wins and then, you know, place goes nuts. And then the next rep, it's yeah. like, let's, it's on, bro sleeve. Let's turned go. turned up about two Yeah, matches. yeah. <laughs> it was fun. James Cook had a really good pass protection yes, he did. Uh, rep in there. Um, I was waiting for him to rotate through again, but he didn't because uh, I think the segment got shortened. The time got shortened or something for that segment of practice. Um, and he was getting pats on the back because he just locked in there against the linebacker and held his ground, yeah. which I don't think many people looking at him think he's capable of doing. I've heard some criticism amongst the media. Um, James can stand in there, man. So uh, he's getting good coaching, and I think he's better at it than he was last year. And you know that Ken Dorsey has plans to have him be a three-down back. So that's going to have to be in his tool chest if he wants to stay on the field. Otherwise, yeah. They'll have to split him out wide and put somebody like Latavius Murray or Damian Harris in the backfield. Yeah, or you know, or Dawson Knox or somebody, you right. know, some a big body. Um, who knows? But long practice. In my view, because I I was out of town for the weekend, but in my view, is the most physical practice I've seen in a while. Uh, yeah. Multiple periods in this practice, they were banging hard, and guys were going to the ground. You know, you're not supposed to really, even when they're going live really not taking anybody to the ground. A lot of guys were on the ground today, and uh, it was ratcheted up. And they know, too, I think they, they get a day off tomorrow, so there's a little bit of that going That's on. That's why it went long, yeah. And uh, it, it was it was fun practice to be at, uh, and it was different. It was really different. Uh, practice on Friday night got pretty intense when they had short yardage for 12 plays and then went goal line for 11 right after that. So that was pretty heated. Um, just to kind of recap, last Friday, the return of the blue and red practice slash scrimmage, uh, the defense had the better of the play on that night, dominating the line of scrimmage and also great in pass coverage. Right. The, the offensive units, all three of them, had difficulty moving the football to even get a first down. So when they went into team sessions – I was taken aback 
by how much they struggled to move the sticks. I don't know if the defense just came to play, but they were bowing up people, and it they looked really good. That defensive yeah. front is going to be a problem. And that's without Von Miller back and right. no Jordan Phillips, at least at that time last Friday. So well, Puna you Ford, had those two guys. Puna Ford, I, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Ed Oliver. Yeah. Um, Puna Ford and Daquan Jones stood out to me on Friday night. Yes. They, they seem to be a really good combination to me. Um, and I think those will be two guys that will definitely be in there in goal line situations this season just because the, 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 both of them are hard to move. You can't move them. Yeah. So that would be a nice little tandem on the defensive interior, uh, you know, when they get into goal line type situations. And, I, and then Sunday, Christian Benford had – not really flashed at all through the course of training camp. And it looked like he was falling a little behind Dane Jackson and Kyir Elam, who by most accounts, including mine, were neck and neck. And all Christian Benford does is make two picks in practice yesterday and then makes another one today on a miscommunication right. during a two-minute drill at the end of practice today. So, and he was getting some, some first-team reps as a reward for that to boot. So suddenly... Uh, a cornerback two competition that you kind of thought maybe going into the first preseason game might be down to two candidates still has three very much in the mix here. It's going to yeah. be very interesting to see how they whittle that, that down to two, let alone one. It seems simple, but it makes an enormous difference. And I've never seen or heard about a team doing it like the bills do it um, with the way they rotate guys up and down the depth chart. Uh, it moves constantly. I remember back in the day, it never happened. Only until somebody went down with a with a you know a broken femur did you actually get you know a change in the depth chart. But now um, you've got when a guy flashes up, they they keep him, let him keep it rolling. You know, see if he can stack those days on top of each other. Uh, that's what happened to Benford last year when he started stacking days and stacking reps, and all of a sudden he goes from the sixth round pick to a guy we couldn't even pick out of a lineup to the opening day starter ahead of Kyrie Elam even. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, have, I have always been really impressed by Sean McDermott's ability just to be disciplined and keep doing that. You know, most, you know they, they, once you get your roster filled out, you know, coaches fall in love with guys. You know, Matt Milano, I mean, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, all these guys, you know, the, 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 go down the list. Josh. You know, Tredavious, Steph, Poyer, Poyer and High. You know, you get these guys that are a core group, and you really, you know, it's hard not to just say, oh, he's our guy, we're not going to, you know. But when they start letting guys filter in there, say, because, hey, the guy's playing well, we've got to give him a chance, you know. That, the rest of the roster is is absolutely on fire to keep producing and get on the field because they know when they do flash, they're going to get a chance to. I, I can't. I can't put into words how unbelievable that is for a coaching staff to have the wherewithal to do that and the alertness and the communication between the position coaches and the coordinators and the head coach to where they go, well, you know what, this guy's he's, he's done this and this and this. And they go, okay, give him, give him some more. We'll see what he can do. You know, And it's, yeah. it sounds simple, but, man, oh, man, it's a complicated rotation. It's a complicated chemistry problem. And, but I think – that, as much as anything else, is key to their player development that you're, you've gone on and on about over the years so much, Brownie. I, I think it's an incredible element. You see it, I think, firsthand out here when these guys get elevated. 
Meanwhile, the middle linebacker competition, for those that may not have been paying attention over the weekend, Bobby Babich, the linebacker's coach, addressing the media on Sunday after before practice, uh, essentially confirmed that right now the line, middle linebacker competition is down to two candidates. Balen Spector is still in the mix, but he's kind of on the outside looking in right now as it's down to Tyrell Dotson and Terrell Bernard, which we kind of clued people in on midweek last week when we saw Balen Spector didn't get his turn in the rotation as they were going every day. It was a new guy with the first team. Spector was pulled out of his rotational spot, and it went back to Dodson and then Bernard the next day, and they've been flip-flopping uh, since then. And it's and as Bobby Babbage put it, it's not that Spector hasn't done anything. It's not like he's done anything wrong or underperformed. It's just that those two guys have been more sound in their command of the defense right. and in their execution, whether it's making checks at the line or making plays yeah. themselves. It's interesting. They've just done more. Right. That that spot affects everybody. So you, it's more than just about you being able to run up and stuff the run or drop into coverage, too. Everybody else's job is dependent on your ability to see it, re- relay it, and get the the coverage in the back end meshed with the rush package up front. And everybody's got to hear you and hear your voice, and you've got to make sure it's right. So there's a lot on the plate of that middle linebacker that affects everybody else, how they play. You know, he may be the greatest player ever, but he's not. if he's not good at that part of the game, nobody else on the defense can play. So it's critical that the guy has a little bit more in his helmet mm-hmm. than just a thick skull, you know. Somebody can thump people. you got to be able to get everything meshed around you, and it, it's a lot. It's a lot. And you, you, you can't make too many mistakes in there no. and have your team kind of hang in there with you. Not practicing today, Ed Oliver with what was described by Coach McDermott as back soreness. Wide receiver Isaiah Coulter still out with the knee injury. Cam Lewis, who suffered a groin injury in practice yesterday. And Reggie Gilliam also down with a groin injury. Jordan Phillips, who came off the PUP list on Sunday, participated in individual position drills at practice Sunday. Did not do any teamwork today. He was back on the side with the strength and conditioning staff. Hopefully that is not a setback of any kind for him after getting some run yesterday. And then Deion Dawkins had a veteran rest day today, so he was not taking any reps in practice. What's, he didn't practice at all. Um, and that's kind of where things stand. It was nice to see wide receiver Brian Thompson get back into the practice setting. First practice back from a concussion. Suffered last week. So he's out of the protocol and is back practicing, albeit on a limited basis. And that's kind of where things sit in terms of who's available uh, for practice. We do have a topic of discussion for you today concerning this Bills team, and it's pretty simple. Who do you think is going to be the new difference maker on defense? This could be somebody who steps their game up considerably this year after maybe not contributing quite as much in the splash play department or the consistent play department. So if you have somebody in mind that you think is going to take this giant leap and be a difference maker for this defense, we'll take that. Or if it's somebody who's brand new to the team that is probably going to have a good chance to get on the field, who could be a difference maker as well? So you let us know who that person is for you at 803-0550, the number to get on board. Or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet, as always, at 1BillsLive. We actually have uh, one of 
somebody who should be a candidate for this question coming up at the bottom of the hour. Oh, I'd say about 20 minutes from now, we'll uh, have Taylor Rep here sitting in between us. The free agent signee from the Rams going to have an interesting role this year. Certainly isn't going to start at safety because Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are there, but it's very clear this guy is going to have a varied role, I think is probably the best way to phrase it, in this defense because, as we've said on this show before, Steve, he's just too talented to keep off the field. Right. They brought him in. Because remember last year, at the end of the season during free agency, you you had uh, Micah Hyde who was out for 15 of the 17 weeks of the season. Yeah. You had Jordan Poirier, who was like Robotron, kind of piece it together the entire season, just sucking up and playing, driving to Kansas City to play punk, you know, all the stuff. He's, he was dragging around a steamer trunk full of pain uh, everywhere he went. So he's – both those guys, so they come off. So in the off season, they go, okay, listen, you know, how are they doing? We, we got Poirier back. Awesome. But both those guys struggled last year. Let's bring in some To stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's bring in a guy to compete with them. And they brought in Taylor Rapp, who, in my estimation, can, can play either guy. If one of them goes down, Taylor Rapp's the guy in, either side, and which is awesome. But he's also there because of his versatility. He can play either side. He can also play up. And we're gonna we got to ask him about that when he comes on. I want to hear what they're gonna do because you can't keep a player of his caliber on the bench. Particularly, there are going to be certain situations where he's the perfect piece. And we're going to try and get to the bottom of that. But um, Taylor, Taylor Rapp, a guy who is really intriguing for the role. Because if, if when he does get on the field, Brownie, it's because he's special. Well, you know what I mean? He's got a, a skill set they've got to get on the field and they want to use. That will be interesting to and see. Just about every head coach in the league subscribes to this philosophy. We want to put our best 11 out there. Right. Well, there are probably going to be certain situations in the scope of this defensive scheme where Taylor Rapp is going to be one of your best 11. That's so right. he's got to get on the field yeah. some way, somehow. And who knows whether it's going to be like third and seven plus or third and five plus for some other teams out there. And it could be third and one for some teams. You know, you never know what the matchup's going to be like with the personnel you're facing on a given week. And yeah. um, the guy's really an athlete. He could be a yeah. Swiss Army knight yes. for the defense. So I, I think he's been – I think he was a real key pickup uh, for the secondary. Plus he's got – ton of really valuable experience at the end of the season yeah um, i think that's going to help let's take a, a quick whip around the league for around the nfl presented by uh collida health the official health care system of the buffalo bills and we begin in cincinnati steve where bengals wide receiver jamar chase may have inadvertently spilled the beans on just how long joe burrow could be out somebody was saying hey are you hoping joe will be ready for the season opener and he said no and so that prompted the reporters to say, no, what do you mean? They're like, is he not going to be back? And he said, I was just telling Joe I want him to be 100%. He's worried he's going to rush back, come back too early, re-injure himself, and then cause a problem that's going to last all season long. So, he sa- so then Jamar Chase follows up and says, well, as long as he's back by week five, this has now thrown the city of Cincinnati into <laughs> a, an utter panic because now they think he's going to be missing the first four games of the season. <laughs> and the awesome. first two, Steve, are division games. Right. At Cleveland and against Baltimore. He doesn't make those two games. I'm chalking him up as losses. Right. They go they go Browns, Ravens, Rams, Titans, Cardinals yeah. is week five. Um which, you know, that's a 
that's a win with or without well, Titans, Burrow. Cardinals, Cardinals might the, be the worst team in football. Maybe the Rams too. So, but those first two. But that was eye opening. Yeah. Saying uh, by week five, people are like, "What week Can you five? Imagine what's going to happen if the Bengals come out and go zero and two against the Browns and Baltimore in weeks one and two. Um, they didn't get off to a good start last year, if you remember. You know, I was camping this week. Their their canoe's going to be teetering. <laughs> their canoe. Their canoe's going to be teetering. Uh, that's. Yeah, that's rough. Um, I mean, we don't we, know, but you know, people we are. We saw the injury. It didn't look good. It, it, it looked, it, he knew it exactly, immediately. Like it, to me, it looked more than a strain calf. I'm no doctor, but I got to believe he tore some muscle, muscle tissue right. in there. The way he pulled up, right. that takes time. Yeah. And plus. And as we've pointed out, it's his back foot. You got to well, stick that foot in the yeah, ground and I deliver the that. football. Think about this, though, Brownie. I mean, these guys are in shape. I mean, they run, they flip, they do all that. He can't do anything. No. Not he can't throw. Chance. He can't throw. He can't run. He can't pedal a bike. Nope. He's going to come back in worse shape than I'm in right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now that's saying something. Right? Okay. He, they, it's going to come back. Oh, it, I it, get it. He's not going to go out there and run routes and stuff. He has to drop back and sling it. It won't be nothing. Yeah. It's not going to be nothing. Yeah. And I <clears> – <throat> It, it happened like first day of training camp, so it's been like two weeks now. So he's well on his way to being better. Uh, and I'd say in another week would probably be the demarcation line for most torn muscles, most pulled muscles. You get three weeks, you're thinking, okay, it's about yeah. time to get up and start doing some stuff. So we'll get a lead time. We'll all be able to see it. It's, it's kind of like I was telling you about Von Miller coming back to the Bills. We're going to see him escalate to the point where we're saying, okay, it's going to be any day now. But we're not near that with Joe Burrow. It's going to be very interesting to see just how long it takes him to get back. Free agent running back Kareem Hunt visiting the Saints tomorrow. That, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, obviously the Saints are looking for running back depth. They already do not have Alvin Kamara after he got a three-game suspension. And then backup running back Eno Benjamin goes on IR with a ruptured Achilles the other day. So they need bodies down there. It'll be interesting to see if Hunt signs with the Saints. Carolina Panthers landed a veteran edge rusher, Justin Houston, to pair with uh, their alpha pass rusher, Brian Burns. Uh, Justin Houston, 34 years old, though, Steve. Don't know if he's the same pass rusher he used to be. Might just be a situational guy for them. We'll, well have to see. Yeah, and, right. If things go your way, the guy plays every other third down. You know what I mean? I mean, that's about – that's the extent of it. Yeah. Because – I don't think the Panthers are the kind of defense that the Bills are where they're running guys through keeping them fresh. If they are, even that gives them a better chance. Uh-huh. Um, but I think a team like the Panthers, you know, they're trying to build a roster. They got, yeah, you know, a guy like Justin Houston, he's even at 35 years old, could kind of hang in there with some of the guys they've got. And they might think, oh, you know what, if we could just get 10 more snaps out of him. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Play him for 20 snaps a week. Right. And then they're thinking, and gosh, he's gonna, good on five of them, he's going to help you. Right. And then – Get him those 20 snaps, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, he's still better than this. How about we give him 25? <laughs> it's true. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And then, then all of a sudden, you guys, he's standing on the sidelines, and you're playing the other guy anyway. Yeah. Speaking of Frank Reich's team, Frank has decided rookie quarterback Bryce Young will start Saturday's preseason opener against the Jets. He did not commit to how many snaps he will play, but he will start the game at home later this week. John Johnson, veteran safety, goes back to the Rams for a second stint, signs a one-year deal with them. 
after spending the last couple of seasons in Cleveland. And what else happened? The Vikings over the weekend signed Nikhil Harry after a workout at their practice facility. They're trying to backfill the receiver group that has two receivers down. What if Nikhil Harry comes out and starts playing like gangbuster? Because the guy's a first-round physical talent. Yeah, so so is Devontae Parker. Well, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. I mean, what happens if they leave New England like Nikhil Harry did and he spreads his wings all of a sudden? This guy, hey, this guy's really good. What, I'm not what holding are, my breath on What that. are people going to say about the Patriots then? They can't develop wide receivers. Yeah, at least. That would be the problem. Let's go to the phones at 803-0550, The number to get on board is we are asking you, who do you think could be a new difference maker on the Bills' defense this season? And leading us off today is Jack in West Seneca. What do you got for us, Jack? Well, um, first of all, uh, I wanted to ask about the Hall of Fame, all right? Um, It's off topic, but I nearly fell out of my chair when uh, they announced the guys, and that ugly sucker, Klecko, made the Hall of Fame, and they pass over Steve Casker. I just don't understand it. And yeah. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You know, that's about all I have. To yeah. Say. Well. <laughs> okay. All right. Time. Regardless of how. Regardless of how good-looking Joe Klecko is, it really doesn't matter whether he, when he comes to getting the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I don't – and I'll just be I was first. out of that – I was out of that uh, uh, well before they got to the final guys. I was out of it a well, week and, or two before. Well, and he's, so from, I, he's from the class that got voted on last year at this time. Yes. Um, so he wasn't – Steve wasn't even in the seniors' committee pool last year. Right. Um, he was where Joe Klecko came That's from. Exactly right. Steve was in his last year as a modern era candidate last year at this time when they voted to induct Joe Klecko. And look, uh, not for nothing, Joe Klecko had a very long career as a defensive lineman, played three different positions on the defensive line, end, under tackle, and nose guard, had a 20-sack season at the defensive tackle position, and played for 13 years. I think he was two or three times all pro and went to a handful of pro bowls as well. And he was on a formidable and in the history of the league, memorable defensive front, the sack exchange, you know, with Mark Gastineau, Marty Lyons, Abdul Salam. They went to an AFC title game and lost to the dolphins. I mean, not for nothing. The jets don't go that far in the playoffs very often. Here's the problem. Here's one problem. And here's he had problem. a storied career. I mean, he really did. Here's how. Here's why I have a problem with the, this type of conversation. I have nothing to do with Joe Klecko, and Joe Klecko being in the Hall of Fame has nothing to do with me. Right. Joe's a great player. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That has nothing to do with the guys he went in with or the guys who didn't get in this year or haven't gotten in the past. It, this isn't about – comparing him to me and me to a different guy and those guys to these guys. And, and the Hall position, of Fame selectors don't do that either. No. they. All you got to do is, is the guy worthy or not. And, and there's only – there's a short – it's a short list every year. They, they can't let all these people in. It's a high bar, and it should be a high bar. So I appreciate all the conversations people have had about my career. I'm, I'm humbled by it. It's an honor to be in the conversation whenever I get in there. Uh, but – 
I'd appreciate everybody listening. If if you call in, you don't have to disparage guys like Joe Klecko or or whoever else you might think about getting in the Hall of Fame this year or that year or whatever, other Hall of Famers. You don't have to disparage them to talk about me. They don't deserve it. It's not on them. They have. I have nothing to do now with, with getting into the Hall of Fame if I do or w- if I would. And they don't have any – it's all done for them. Uh, I've never – Pete, you, my listeners know, I've never mounted a campaign to get in. All the stuff you see on Twitter, the handles, that's none of that is me. None of the, all the – none of that. I've never hired a PR firm. I've never done any of that, right? Right. And so it has nothing to do with the other inductees. Those guys are awesome dudes. They're great players. Most of them, the, the, all the ones I've met have been phenomenal. So I appreciate the conversation when you're, when you're you know, wishing I was in or whatever, but you don't have to disparage any of the other guys that do get in yeah. because they have – They've had great careers, too, and we should acknowledge it. And I have no problem doing that. They're great dudes, and I'm happy for them, yeah. very happy for them. Let's go back to the phones, and we go to Cassidy in Batavia. What do you got for us, Cassidy? Hey, Cassidy, Chris, are you hey, there? Steve, uh, yes, sir. Hey. hey. Uh, I'm going to say, obviously, the obvious answer would be Taylor Rapp, making the defense more versatile. But I know you guys have him coming on, so I'm going to say Tredavious White, uh, having more time. Okay to recover from injury and being more of himself both mentally and physically. I think he's a game changer. Okay. So you think he kind of makes it back to his all-pro form. That's a, I like that yeah. idea. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Thanks, that's Cassidy. Appreciate it. That's a good call. And, and you're right. It doesn't have to be somebody off the radar. Um, yeah. Trey is CB1 and is going to be there. And was sorely missed last year. He was sorely missed. And, and we have talked a lot about how he seems more – comfortable in his own skin this year uh, I think last year and I, I, I witnessed this and also experienced it whenever you're hurt and you're kind of hanging around you're not on the field on the team but you're still on the team but you're hurt and you're recovering and you're not you can't contribute but you got to be there to participate and it's a it's it really beats the heck out of your self-esteem you know it's really hard to feel like you're a guy that can contribute when you can't even take a rep. So it, I, I can understand why Trey might have been in a bad headspace last year for a long time, and it took him a long time to get back to it. Uh, but you're right. He could be a guy, if he comes out and spreads his wings again like we saw him two years ago and three years ago and throughout his career, yes, this defense will be markedly different. That's a, that's a good call. Thanks. Let's go to CJ in Buffalo next. What do you got for us, CJ? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Hey, uh, so I know Steve was talking about Sean McDermott and how he doesn't really get stuck on players, which is true now, but I do think he learned his lesson in the beginning with um, Nate Peterman. I know Sean McDermott saw a lot of potential in Nate Peterman, as I think we all did after his great preseasons. Um, yeah. And then it just the talent never came to fruition during the game. So I think Sean McDermott learned his, learned his lesson with, you know, really keying on a one player. Um, secondly, I want to go to the uh, the 12 personnel after Dawson Knox spoke this morning. Um, he sounds like we really plan on running the ball a little more, you know, because I, I, I think he's the first guy I heard talk about uh, him and uh, Kincaid actually blocking. You know, he brought up them blocking and how uh, Dorsey mixes it up and how it would be harder for teams to really key in when you're in that formation. 
um, of 12 personnel, one back and two tight ends, and especially with Diggs and Davis on the outside. Like, I'm super excited yeah. for this, especially with Osiris Turns, that guard being a bigger body. I know he's not as mobile as Bates, but uh, this has me. My mouth is watering for football right now. Yeah, and, you know, it's a, it's a valid point, CJ, because if you think of it this way, even if the Bills trot out 12 personnel on the field, based on what they've done with Josh Allen at quarterback the last four years, what do you think the first inclination of the opposing defense is going to be? They're going to be thrown in anyway. So we're going to protect against the pass because Josh Allen can hit any point on the field with his arm. Right. So you're going to defend the pass first. So they're, I think very early in the season – going to be a lot of opposing defenses when the bills come out in 12 personnel that are going to invite them to run the football show us you can do it right and until they prove otherwise they'll continue to play them that way but i think the bills are going to be looking at a lot of light boxes early in the season that's what it's going to be about they're going to force they're going to they'll throw 12 person out there personnel out there they'll throw 11 personnel they'll throw 10 personnel and they'll throw probably 22 personnel out there with two backs and two running, two tight ends, two running backs. And then within those personnel sets, they're going to be able, hopefully, and that's this is the idea, they're going to get a matchup that they can exploit, and they're going to be able to run the ball whenever they want and throw the ball whenever they want and be successful doing it. Out of all those personnel, that's the whole idea behind it. Certainly there's going to be personnel groups where they're going to be better and where most opponents – will match up poorly with whatever set they put out there, whether it's 12 personnel, 11 personnel, or, or 22 personnel. Teams are, by and large, going to struggle to match up with that. Maybe it's 12 personnel this year. It doesn't matter. Because if you get out there in 12 and all of a sudden you've got – you're treating it like a three-wide receiver set even at the most, and all of a sudden James Cook splits out. Now you're four wide, and Dawson Knox backs up, and he's a, te- he's a 255-pound tailback or something you know all of that creative stuff that's what you've got to do all of that stuff inside that personnel group and force the defense to defend it mm-hmm. then you know and that's the key so i think they're they are going to have a wider range of personnel groupings this year than they did last year they were like 11 personnel a lot and i think they're going to be more effective out of those other groups because of guys like kincaid because of guys like james cook uh, and because of guys like Sherfield. Um, all of that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the other personnel groupings that they may be able to put out there and what they can do out of it, and whether they can out-physical some teams, because that's always fun when your team can out-push the other team. You know, yeah. just get out there and beat them up, push them around. It's fun. Break time for us here, but when we come back, sitting between us will be one Taylor Rapp, new defensive back on Buffalo's roster. What role could he play in Buffalo's defense this season? We'll see if we can find out next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live out at training camp at St. John Fisher University. Longer practice today here on Monday. Guy to my left, but... Probably anticipated some extra reps with an off day tomorrow. Taylor Rapp joining us here on the show. Good to have you, Taylor. Um, why don't we start there? You know, you kind of had a weekend session Friday night in front of the Bills fans for yeah. the first time. You know, your first exposure right. to that in a stadium setting, I guess I should say, because you've had them out here at training camp. 
what was what was that like getting on the turf for the first time you know kind of suiting out yeah, I mean, just an electric atmosphere, you know. Bill's Mafia was in full full <laughs> effect uh, Friday night, and so um, that was kind of my, my first time um, seeing them, you know, in in, uh, in real action in, in uh, high marks. So um, just an electric night, you know. Um, you know, uh, first two weeks of camp kind of uh, ramping up to that first scrimmage, yep. kind of, you know, I guess uh, a little more pads popping, um, a little more uh, energy, a little more juice flowing in the, in the stadium. So it was just good, good getting there, and um, you know, get those uh, you know pregame routines going and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Right. Give us an idea. Where, where's camp at right now? You're you're ramping up now. This next week, at the end of the week, Saturday, you got a game. Yeah. Um, kind of installs, kind of well into it now. You're yeah. you're getting into the install. How you know percentage of the plays you've got? In. Give us an idea of where camp is, where the team is right now, as far as the defensive install, offensive install. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it, you know, um, this is kind of, uh, I guess, just kind of, you know, we already installed um, basically everything um, in OTAs as well. And mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we picked it up uh, running hot, um, started right. training camp. So um, I think I think that really that first week we kind of basically threw our full package, you know, 80, 90 percent of, um, you know, what what uh, we have in the system Um, and, uh, you know, just building off of that uh, great offseason that we had. um, Like you said, you know, we're we're leading up, uh, ramping back up, you know, obviously Friday we just had the scrimmage um, and, uh, you know, just ramping back up this week and make sure we have great week of work. Um, but also, you know, um, preparing for that first first preseason game on Saturday. How right. how much are you looking forward to seeing a different color jersey <laughs> out there and playing against somebody besides your own teammates, where you can really kind of yeah. let it go a little bit if you definitely. Will. You know, I think uh, you know from just this practice, you already you, you can already tell. You know, everyone's craving a little more contact, yeah. craving a little more. Right. Um, live action, you know, like like we said, uh, you know, Friday night we we got you know a few few live reps and a little more mm-hmm. pads popping, but um, you know, uh, it, I guess in my my four years um, with the Rams, we, we always did joint practices, but yep. um, you know, we, we we don't do joint practices here, and so um, you know, just be able to get that kind of uh, more more juice and more more action, and you know, uh, going up against someone who who you haven't gone up every single day right. at training camp, you know, I, I think everyone's. You know, uh, craving, itching for that yeah, contact against a, <laughs> against another color, against another I get team. Tell us, but how's your how's it coming with you fleshing out a role for yourself, a spot? You know, uh, the you know in the backfield in your defensive back room. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know, all, all I can do is control what I can control, and um, you know, just just show the show the coaches, co- show the you know organization that uh, you know I, I can be a versatile piece that I can use in, in, in different ways. Um, and at the end of the day, it's all about just winning, winning and, and getting to that, um, you know, the Super Bowl, getting over the hump, um, right. you know, that, that the Bills uh, need to get over. And, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I just I just want to be a puzzle piece in, in, in that, um, you know, wherever I can fit, whether it's special teams, whether it's some sub packages, um, you know, different roles, whatever, whatever the coaches ask me to, to, to do, um, you know, I just uh, – all I can do, like I said, is, is just, just show that I can be a versatile piece, that I can be used in multiple ways, and, um, you know, that's that's all I can do. But, you know, just looking forward to um, helping the team out in any way possible. Yeah, I mean, in, in L.A., you had more of a defined role, like this is what I'm doing in this defense here. Without getting into too much detail, it looks like you you could potentially be a chess piece for Coach McDermott to move around in some various roles. How does that change your weekly preparation 
knowing the role could be different week to week. It might be multiple even within a singular game plan. Right. You know, like this series, all right, Taylor, you're going to be doing this. This, oh, oh, you're over here now. Yeah. Like, how does, how does your mind work to get you ready knowing the roles could be multiple? Yeah, I mean, you said it right there. You know, I think it's, uh, it's one thing to be uh, difficult physically, mm-hmm. but the mental aspect of it too is, is I, I would say, just, just the big of a part just because – you know, me playing multiple positions, um, even even in training camp, you know, me starting out one position and then finishing another position, going back to another position within one period, it's 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 tough mentally because you got to fully switch your mindset mm-hmm. um, just because, all, you know, different positions obviously require different mindsets, require different technique, require different plays, all that stuff. So um, I, I would say it's 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 a lot mentally. And uh, go ahead. I was going to say, so to follow up on that, like there might be one or two roles that you feel more comfortable with already. So have the coaches encouraged you like, Hey, if you need more reps in this role, right. let us know so we can get yeah. them for yeah. you. For Is there sure. That kind for of sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's ongoing communication. You know, I don't even know what my role is going to be in, right. in defense and I don't, I'm not even sure the coaches know either. So, you right. know, just, um, you know, just having that ongoing conversation, ongoing dialogue with the coaches and, um, you know, it helps out in training camp because we have so much, um, so many reps and, and walkthroughs as well where I can, you know, focus in, hone in on one position and walk through. Um, and then the next day kind of switch my mindset and, and learn another position or vice versa, you know, one, one position for, for practice and then switching my mindset for, for the walkthrough at a later evening. So, um, you know, it's, it's just great work. Um, and, you know, I'm just uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah we kind of take for granted that if, it's hard to come out and compete. You're trying to compete to get on the field, you know, and it's hard to do that when you're going to have to learn Micah Hyde's spot, Jordan Poyer's spot, you know, uh, what a nickel corner spot, or maybe even Will, yeah. you know, all this stuff that you could go in and do. That, does it make it hard to compete and free and easy when you do have to switch your entire mindset in one period to the next? Yes, um, I, I would say so just because um, – you know, you don't, you can't really, ma- I can't really master one position, right. you know, and, um, you know, you kind of get an overlooking at, you know, a, a little bit of intro and basic at, at all the positions yeah, and kind of a big um, picture, thing, big yeah. picture thing. And, and, you know, I was just, uh, it's a good problem to have, you know, it's a great right. problem to have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but I, I would definitely say it's, it's tough for me to kind of hone in on one position and, and try to master cr- uh, my craft at one position. Um, but, you know, I know it's all about the process, and, you know, I just, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Um, all I can try to do is, you know, improve one day at a time and, um, you know, just, just get better at each position one day at a time. That's at, it. The, at the same time, you're kind of a new guy getting dropped into a back seven that, for the most part, has been together for several years. And in those differing roles, you have to play off of different guys. Yeah. How is that element going in terms of, hey, you know, when I line up with – Tyrell or I line up with Matt I know what to expect now because I've gotten enough reps with him but maybe I could get some more reps with this guy to feel more comfortable going forward how is that playing off one another how is that yeah yeah I mean uh, that dynamic is is definitely um you know one one thing that's uh been interesting just because you know uh I you know I I'm in training camp I'm going in with the sometimes with the ones sometimes with two sometimes with the threes Mm -hmm. at different positions and so um, you know, Coach uh, Coach Butler, he always talks about, you know, in meetings, you know, over, overemphasizing communication because, you know, one one snap I'm going to be in with 
you know, uh, some different corners, some different linebackers and stuff yep. like that. So um, you're just trying to build the chemistry with the whole entire defense. And, you know, I think that's what all training camp is about. That's what, um, you know, us coming to Rochester, coming and spending time here at St. John Fisher, getting away from, you know, all the external stuff, all the outside noise and just building that bond and chemistry just because, you know, um, I, I, I really think that bond and chemistry throughout a whole back, you know, the, the whole 11, but especially the back, the back seven, you know, in, in coverage and in communication is, is so important. So that's what all, you know, being here at Rochester is all about, building that chemistry, building that bond with everyone. Yeah, you talk about the reps and, you know, it seems a training camp, you're going rep after rep, but there's only so many reps and you, mm-hmm. you can only take them one at a time, right? Yeah. And so there's only so many you can get. Where have you taken the least amount of reps? I mean, <laughs> I, mean where I, I don't even like, think I can tell you. I don't even think I can tell you. Quarterback. Left tackle, I suppose you probably <laughs> right, have taken yeah. one or two. But, I, you know, Mike, when you came here, where's the spot that they got you playing that you don't, you haven't really had any experience playing, if, if there is one. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say kind of just that, that sub package, that, you know, mm-hmm. that will nickel position, yeah. you know, the big, big nickel position, I guess, right. and big uh, dime position, linebacker, will, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I got a little taste of that in L.A., but, you know, obviously different system, different um, right. defensive plays and stuff, and, um, you know, a little more different technique, but, um, you know, uh, I, I definitely feel a little more comfortable, obviously, at the safety positions just because sure. I kind of have that background in safety um, playing my whole career. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, so so definitely, you know, that, that, that nickel, I guess, uh, big nickel position, that, that dime will, right. will yeah. linebacker. All right. We've talked enough football. Steve's a dog guy. I'm a dog guy. I read, like, you and your wife, like, rescued two dogs from China and Korea. Oh, yeah. Like, I know they come, you know, a lot of rescue dogs come from different places. We get a lot of them up here in western New York that get shipped up from Alabama or down yeah. south somewhere. Did you have to go over there and bring them back no. yourselves? How did that all work? Because I was like, man, yeah. that's doing some good work there. Halfway around right. the world, you're pulling yeah, the yeah, dogs yeah. back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, two dogs. Two dogs. So, our first one, we, we rescued our first one, Ollie, our, our boy dog from China, actually. So, okay. from this uh, uh, organization, Bunny's Buddies. If you, everyone, um, you know, on social media, they're on Instagram. Okay. Um, <laughs> shout out Bunny's Buddies. So, B U N N. Y, S, and then Buddies. Okay. At Bunny's Buddies on Instagram. You know, we've been following this organization for a while. They, they rescue um, all kinds of dogs, not only golden retrievers from, from Asia, so from okay. China, Korea, um, South Korea. And then, um, you know, like I said, our first dog, Ollie, uh, I think that was my second year in the league. We kind of, uh, we actually got it, I think, like two days before Christmas, like December 23rd. Oh, wow. And it was kind of like our, I guess, Christmas present to, to to my girlfriend at the time, yeah, 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 um, to each other, you know, and um, it's just been an, an, an amazing, you know, um, you know, taking him in and you know what from he what what he's come from and stuff like that, and you know him just relearning to be a dog again. You know, we got him at I think two two half two and a half years old, and mm-hmm. um, it's almost like he's still a puppy, and now he's like almost five, and right. he's still a puppy because he's he's learning, you know, all that the yeah. the, the real dog, all all what it, all it takes to be a dog, and then um, our second one, yeah, number uh, two, Maya, um, we actually got from South Korea uh, last year, last last off season, so. We welcome both of them, and you know they've they've been amazing additions. We we love them. Well, they they you know they keep the wives company when you're on yeah, a road trip. You exactly, know I mean? my that's my the, wife's back in OP right thing. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with the dogs. Yeah, you know they're they're uh, they're awesome. That's great. Thanks for coming by.
Taylor. Yeah. Thanks for having Stay me on. Peace, man. Play yeah, appreciate Stay you healthy, guys, all right? Man. Good luck this Thank season. Thank you guys Look, so much. That's Taylor Rapp joining us here on One Bills Live. We'll take a break. Be back with more in a second. Stay tuned. All right, mark your calendars because Kids Day is back. Saturday, August 12th, the Bills will welcome the Indianapolis Colts for their lone home preseason matchup at 1 p.m. Kids Day presented by Fisher-Price is the perfect time to enjoy a Bills game with the whole family starting at 9 a.m. in the bus and limo lot at Highmark Stadium. Festivities kick off with a junior tailgate at 9, which will have games, activities, and giveaways along with a dance party hosted by DJ Milk. It is a must-see experience. So we hope to see you all out there this weekend. I'm looking Bills forward to this weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, fun to be out. I, you know, there's, the place is going to be packed. It's going to be rocking. Uh, I always love the kids' voices at the games. They're, it's, it's a cool environment. Um, it gets a new generation acclimated. To what and they'll be like all hopped up on sugar by the time they go into the stadium. That's I mean, what with I'm all thinking. the stuff going on outside, I'm sure there's going to be we're cotton candy as far as the eye can see. That's all part of the plan. Get bro. it all hyped up. Get it, you know. They'll be what? crashing by the second quarter, but that's besides the point. Right. They'll be, they'll be ready they'll for be, kickoff. Ah! And then that way the broadcast can get camera shots of kids sleeping in the, after that's a right. touchdown, right? That's right. That's, we'll do that. Let's get back to the phones at 803-0550 where we are asking you today, who will be the new difference maker on defense this season? Could be a player that's already been on this roster but hasn't assumed a larger role. Who's ready to do that? Or maybe it is one of the new signees. Puna Ford looked awfully good on Friday night in short yardage situations, just stoning people. So, uh... Pick whoever you want, and then let us know at 803-0550. We go to the phones and to Jerry in Buffalo next. What do you got for us, Jerry? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, just uh, calling in. Uh, Chris, hello. And I just also wanted to say a special hello, hello to that uh, Santa Claus trainee to your left, uh, Mr. Tasker. That's right. I, I do have to let you know. <laughs> so beard, you're referring to my beard. Uh, listen, it's two-tone for the most part. I mean, it's, I got a black goatee and mustache. So I was th- wasn't thinking Santa Claus so much as Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay. Anyway, as far as uh, a defensive player that might surprise some people is uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Shane Ray. I uh, think he's got uh, – I think people are underselling the fact that because he was out of the NFL for so many years, but they're not considering the fact that he also played in the CFL for quite a while. Uh, so I'm excited to see him. Um, like okay. to hear what you think. But before I get off, uh, Steve, I just want to let you know, it's difficult getting one of your jerseys in this area. I had to spend quite a bit of time going to the Bill store and online trying to get one of your jerseys, and I don't understand it. So <laughs> got to talk to yeah. somebody about it. <laughs> well, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I played a lifetime ago, and two, I played a lifetime ago. Well, and, and they were hard to. You couldn't get them. I couldn't get them. Well, I and can't get them. I'm wondering if he's trying to track down the authentic '90s version. That's hard to get. Yeah. Like if you just want to order a Bills jersey now, put Tasker on the back in '89. You can do that. You can, you can custom but, order jerseys online for sure. But, but it, there are some hoops you know, to jump through. Yeah, and you got to pay through the nose. Concerning his Shane Ray pick, I will say and I think Steve's in agreement on this, he has made an impression. And I think he will be pushing some of the guys that aren't on the first team for a roster spot at the defensive end position. I think what he unquestionably has is a speed rush. 
I think we just need through the course of the preseason to see a little bit more of his counter move game. And if he has a counter move game, whether it's a spin or a one arm stab or whatever it is, I think he's got to show that he has a repertoire to turn to because the offensive tackles are too good in this league to where they'll be able to stop a one trick pony. You have to have a counter repertoire. The thing that I saw too, and I I don't want to, you know, be a homer here or anything, but uh, Shane Ray is also out taking reps on special teams and he's, and he's, put in a full effort yeah he's really working hard to get on a get on a special teams unit punt punt return kickoff kickoff return he's a big body dude and he's got athleticism so he can do that if he can continue that it'll be it'll be like a gerald daryl johnston guy kind of guy who the bills drafted a few years ago and really yeah, the seventh round pick seventh round pick who was in carolina for a minute might still be well falling. they traded him to carolina yeah and um uh, he can be a guy who can contribute in the rotation and give him an extra roster plus be a good player rotationally um, he's smart enough to know you've got to contribute as much as you can, and he's out taking big special teams yeah. reps in practice. So um, that, to me, says he's on their radar for sure. And Brownie and I, we were talking back and forth about uh, Shane Ray and Cameron Klein today about who they are and, you know, if they can. They, I think they're both on the radar of the roster uh, getting a chance to come in and contribute. Yeah, and they're pushing people like Boogie yes. Basham and A.J. Epinesa. That's Rest. who they're pushing right now. Because right now, it's almost the point where Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa, they're known commodities. If Cameron Klein or Shane Ray, uh, Shane Ray can convince the coaching staff they've got an upside that may be bigger than, than they're showing right now, and if they're competing at the same level that A.J. And, and Boogie and all these guys are, and they can convince them that there's more in the tank, they win because you're going to bring a guy in who, especially if he's taking special teams reps. Right. So that's where they're up against is that rotation group, you know, at the defensive line. And yeah, Shane Ray and Cameron Klein have both done some things that are like caught Browning and I attention. So yeah. it's interesting to see. And that's a good call. Tom in Rochester, stay where you are. We will get to you, but we are up against the break. You'll be first after this as we are asking you, who will be the new difference maker on defense this coming season? Tom in Rochester leads us off when we come back here on One Bills Live, presented by Collida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number two here on a Monday at Bill's Training Camp. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you at St. John Fisher University. With day 10 of training camp now in the books, only two more practices here in Rochester before we're back down the throughway for good. Steve and I will be in the studio tomorrow as tomorrow is an off day for the players so we'll be back at one bills drive only to come back out here on wednesday and thursday giddy up but let's get back to the phones <laughs> at 803-0550 let me get this straight here before we go to tom from rochester 
Thursday's our last show from training camp. That is correct. Wow. In the blink of an eye, In the blink Steve. of an eye. The, the season just rolls downhill, man. Let's Topic go. of discussion today for you. Who will be the new difference maker on defense this season? Who rises up and makes a splash that you believe not many are anticipating? To a man who has exhibited plenty of patience and holding for a while, Tom in Rochester. Thanks for holding. What do you got for us? Well, first of all, Steve, you're a Hall of Famer to me. Thank you. Um, and uh, I've been thinking about this, and it's been very easy for me. Uh, Greg Rousseau, I think he's 22, mm-hmm. 23 now. He has all the intangibles you want. He seems like he's getting bigger every year. I think if Von Miller comes back the way I, I think he should come back, and with Ford in the middle and a healthy defensive line, it's going to be hard for the offensive line not to only stop one of them, but Rousseau, I think, is going to be coming at the quarterback a lot of times. Yeah, I, I, I like that pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. Thanks, Tom. Um, I'll say this. I thought he was ready to have a breakout season last year. The guy had four sacks in his first four games, then gets the high ankle sprain, misses a few games, tries to come back and play through it, and I think we can all agree, and Greg might even agree himself, that he wasn't quite the same player essentially playing on one good ankle uh, for the rest of the season. Still finished with eight sacks to tie for the team lead last year, missing three games and playing on a gimpy leg for like the last ten. So if staying healthy is the key for him. I think as long as he stays healthy, he is going to be successful as one of the top pass rushers on this football team. So I like that pick, Tom. Yeah, he is one of the top pass rushers on the team, no question about it. Um, Von Miller notwithstanding, Leonard Floyd notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys, uh, he's in there with them. Uh, and you're right. He seems. This seems to be to me. This is third year. Yep. Um, Breakout time. I, I think it is time for that. Um, and I'll say this too. I, I don't know that we have a, a real glimpse of the solid rotation that's going to go on behind Rousseau, behind Von Miller, behind Leonard Floyd, and all the guy, the rest of them. I don't think we have a, a clear picture of what's going to happen behind those guys. That'll have a lot to do, a lot, a big say in how many reps they get, how productive they're going to be. But Rousseau, I like that pick because of what he's been through this point of his career. And the things you said, he's better every year. He was bigger this year. Um, the, he got off to a lightning start last year before he got sabotaged by an injury. And then he dragged that around the whole season. I, I like that pick. Um, and like I said, it's nice that people are picking people that, are, that aren't just, like, down the roster. Some of these guys are really going to have a chance to make a difference, and I think Rousseau's a great pick. Yeah, I like Rousseau. We've heard Taylor Rapp's name mentioned as well. And I, I think there are other candidates, really. I mean, there's a host of guys. Who, I mean, whoever loses, wins the middle linebacker competition, yeah. that could be a new difference maker in this defense. Um, yes. Cornerback, too. Whoever nails that job down, if it's one guy, could be the new difference maker on the defense. Could be, yeah, could be the head coach, Sean McDermott, too. Yeah. Calling uh, the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that, I, I, we, because a different guy pushing the buttons is going to get different results than other guys would. And those results depend on the guys he uses, the guys he likes, the guys who thrive under his mindset as a defensive coordinator, and it could be completely different people than we've seen in the past, and it'll be interesting to see. I think that's as 
fun a thing to think about as anything. Let's go back to the phones at 803-0550. Open line for you there, one 888 or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. But let's go to Justin in Rochester. What do you got for us, Justin? Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing Good. well. Uh, I just wanted uh, to shout out my dad and my uncle, lifelong Bills fans out there in Kansas City, Missouri. They listen to you guys every day. They love you. Um, and oh, awesome. We, uh, um, now, with your question, I mean, it's it's uh, what I what I think you the main thing you have is new right there. Um, with the new guys, I I think Taylor Rapp, I think he's going to play a really important role. Like I think on third downs, I think Tyrell Dodson wins the middle linebacker competition, and I think on third down, maybe they throw a lot Rapp in there a lot. Um, also, Leonard Floyd is a new addition to us. Uh, I think he's going to play a big rotational role, you know, given Vaughn, uh, right? I mean, he's obviously the number one difference maker, Vaughn Miller. Uh, Trade A, he's going to be back to his all pro form. Matt Milano might be defensive player of the year. Who knows? So, um, Russo, Leonard Floyd, Taylor Rapp, I think they all play big roles. All right. I like yeah. that, Justin. Thanks for the call. Um, what do we make of Leonard Floyd? You and I were talking about him watching practice today. I'm still stupefied that the bills were able to get a guy of his caliber in june for seven million dollars on a one-year deal i mean i was just telling you last weekend yannick Ngakwe signs for ten and a half million on a one-year deal this guy signed back in june for three million less than that and i think he's a better player i think it it's that's what free agency is you got a guy like Leonard Floyd who has some skins on the wall and has done some things in the league and is in his own space making his own decisions. And he comes out, he knows that he knows he left the Rams because of his salary. They were dumping salaries. Uh-huh. He's, he knows he's known around the league. And he sat back and he said, okay, what am I – What do I? because I, I played on the Super Bowl team and then I played on one that was not – I'd rather play on one that is, yeah. <laughs> you know. So he's back there sitting, sitting down, saying, "Okay." And he and I, I he's just saying, "Listen, where if I, I he, there's no guarantees. He could go to Kansas City. He could go to Cincinnati. He could go to the Jets. He could go to Philly. He could go to San Francisco, and he'd come to Buffalo. All those teams thrown in the hat, you know. That pick two of them, uh, one from each conference, and maybe you know, maybe you got a good chance at the Super Bowl. And that's where he's at. And he's thinking, okay. He picked up the phone. And he called Vaughn because he played with Vaughn for a minute. Called Taylor Rapp. He said, "How is it? You've been to OTAs. This was a you know month or two ago. You guys have been around. What's it like over there?" And Vaughn gave him the the, the the story of his year in Buffalo. Taylor Rapps gave him his early impressions after OTAs and stuff. And he said, "All right, that's that's it. There's no more. Com- I don't think it's any more complicated than that. A one year deal." Come in here, get on another chance at the ring, and and go, and then reset it again next year, and go out back on the market, and maybe be, get a big deal, or at least another one year deal with hefty money. So I think that's it's no more complicated than that. These guys are sitting. Yannick Ngakwe is a perfect example. They're sitting back, going, "All right, I know I'm going to get. I'm going to be somewhere. Where do I really want to play? Because if if it's within twenty percent." Of every other offer, man, I'm going someplace where I got a shot at it. Because you're going to get playoff money on top of it. 
And then you always get that chance that maybe you string a couple, three games together and you're, you're standing there with Lombardi. So I think it's no more complicated than Ngakwe and also Leonard Floyd. It, it is amazing that those guys are out there. But I think that's a, a function of free agency and where these guys are at. They're smart enough now. It's been around long enough. They come up through the ranks in college yeah. and they talk to the guys they're training with. They talk to great players. They rub up against Von Miller's pass rush summit. They talk to guys at the, at the SBs. They get around and they think, okay, all right. I'm just going to pick my spot rather than, you know, leverage it and, you know, tweet and wipe my wipe the Rams off my social media. You know, they ain't do it. <laughs> they said, where do I want to play? And they take the deal. Yeah, I, I really I get think, it. I love that. I love that aspect of it because that was that was so far. Yeah, it wasn't, that was light years from the mindset of the guys I played with. It wasn't long ago where the Bills had to overpay tier two free agents and tier three free agents just to come here that's right larry triplett Derek dockery <laughs> langston walker they overpaid to get those guys to play here winning helps everything yeah and i and i'm it's not just it's not just josh allen it's sean mcdermott now they're getting brandon the, bean now they're getting a the guy with 30 sacks the last three years to yeah. play for seven million dollars yeah. i mean come and they only on. get him and they only get him for one year well and right. i get that but if but, things go well Come on back. Let's play it back, you know. Um, but I think that's where free agency is right now. These guys are saying, yeah, okay, I'm, you can sign these big deals. Like, like Pat Mahomes signing a $450 million deal with a chance at $500 million over 10 and, years. Yeah. yeah, Dude, that money's a fairy tale right now. Yeah. You know, and he's playing great. He's the, and he's the best guy out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I so, get it. You know what? Just You know what? I'm going to play this year by year. I'm going to bet on myself. And I'm going to put together a nice career, and I'm going to pick my spots. Right. Uh, there's something to be said for that. Back to the phones we go, and to Bob and Cheek to Waganex. What do you got for us, Bob? Hi, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, with the new contract and everything, I think Ed Oliver is going to lead the team in tackles and make his first Pro Bowl. I really do. I all think right. this guy's going to play lights out. He's a big boy. And that's all I want to say, yeah. guys. All right. That's fair. I will say this. You know, there are some – in personnel departments in the, across this league that worry about giving big money to big guys on the defensive line because there is a history of big guys, when they get the big money, taking it out of gear and not being the same player they were to earn that contract in the first place. What have you noticed about Ed? He is happy as a clam out I here. It's not I don't know way. if I've ever seen him this happy. He is like, and, let's go. And we had Daquan on the show last week, and we were asking him about Ed, and we said, you know, he – he seems happier. Like, what's going on there? Like, what's what's changed? And he said he was a little mad last year that he didn't get an extension last year. Because if you look at a lot of the top picks for this team, a lot of them sign an extension going into the final year of their rookie contract prior to the fifth-year option. Right. And Dawson Knox did that. Um, Mike Milano did that. And there that. were a couple others. Karen Johnson rounder. was another one. They were Tredavious White. But, yeah. So I think he was kind of expecting that, and then it didn't happen. So I think he was a little agitated by that last year, based on what da- Daquan was telling us. And so when that, when that extension finally did come through, I think it just totally flipped his mindset and outlook about his future with this football team. And – and now, he didn't practice today because he's got some back soreness. But I think his entire disposition has changed about 
approaching the game, and we heard from Eric Washington earlier in this training camp, Steve, and what did he say? He said, Ed has all the talent in the world to play at this level. What we need him to do now is to play an anticipatory style and use his brain to get to spots faster to make more plays than he already makes on a more consistent basis. That's the leap he's got to take. It's on the mental side. He seems like he's in a really good place mentally. I'm with you. Now, despite the back pain that he's not practicing with today, I mean, it's not like he didn't do anything. They had him out there breaking a sweat today even, doing some stuff. Yeah, with the trainers. It didn't stress his back. But you can picture – anybody can picture themselves getting into a spot where all of a sudden – the people they work with and work around do something for, in this case, a contract extension with, you know, really good money. And you look around and go, wow, I really, you know, I do belong here. This is my spot. There aren't, they don't have any doubts about me. You know, you can p- picture Ed and the rhetoric. Oh, you can talk yourself in circles. Right. You could just go around and around with how, how he was and, and, and the outside and the fans and how they were kind of, come on, Ed, you know, get a, and then to have the team say, no, Ed, you're, you're our guy. Sign this deal. Let's go. We want you here. To, to have the relief and the kind of the uh, exuberance of having somebody give you a big vote of confidence. Uh, and I think he's feeling that right now. I think he was feeling that during during the early part of camp. And um, I, I think it shows. I think it's really shown in his play. Yeah. Back to the phones we go and to Mark in Orchard Park next. What do you got for us, Mark? Hello. Are you there? Yeah, we're yeah, here. Go ahead, Mark. What do you got for us? Oh, well, the first thing I want to say is, you know, this isn't my first time on the show, so I've been on there four or five times. Uh, What I want to say is, uh, you know, for Steve Tasker, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, you're not going to be into that Hall of Fame, but you deserved every part of it for, you know, what you did as a special teamer. Uh, Now, to go to what I want to say, more importantly, is, I go back to the Kansas City game uh, two years ago, you know, when we had the opportunity to win that game. Fifteen seconds left. Who made that call? Was it Leslie Frazier or Sean McDermott that we backed up and we didn't put any pressure on there? Thank you. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks for the call, Mark. That's going to leave us. That, that game left a bigger scar than just about any game. It's it's up there. Maybe it, wide right is bigger, it's, maybe. Yeah, it's not far behind it, though. It's yeah, like I think Music this, City Miracle. I think it's this generation. It's probably wide right Music City Miracle. It might be third. Yeah, maybe. Might be third. Maybe. Uh, this generation, it is. It's wide right. You know what I mean? Every generation's got its disappointment in Buffalo. We've all, Buffalo Bills fans are like 90% scar tissue, you know? So, uh, yeah, maybe. But I. And I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't think any the, – the club has been a little bit mum about what happened on that. The players have, have owned up to it some, saying, hey – and rightfully so, some of the players have said, hey, it was me. If I'd have done this, I'd have been this, and that, 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 that. And they, they do it to themselves, you know. Uh, they take credit for it and blame themselves. So I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of what happened at the end of the game. Yeah. I, Obviously, we may never find it. There was a confluence of mistakes, in my opinion, you know, yes. starting with the kickoff. Right. Let's get uh, back to the phones. Dominic in Buffalo is up next. What do you got for us, Dominic? Hey, gentlemen, thanks for taking the call. Uh, just like sure. Mark said and a lot of other people, 89 for uh, Hall of Fame all day, every day. 
Um, I just want to say Greg Rousseau is the obvious answer here, but uh, Leonard Floyd, I believe, is going to be an absolute beast. He's going to be back to his uh, Pro Bowl uh, form, especially playing opposite of Von Miller, and I think you know he knows this is his last shot. I think he's going to leave it all out there on the field. And to a surprise to a lot of people, I believe, despite having two third-round draft picks at linebacker, Baylin Spector ends up winning that job. I watched that kid in the practice on fighting. He's a lot bigger than I thought, and I think his uh, football IQ is a lot higher than a lot of people might give him credit for. I'm not quite sure if that's true or not, but he just seems like he might be the real deal out there and learning from Milano and all these other veterans out there. Um, you know, all the talk is about the Bills' offense. It just should be. That's where the league's at. We got an all-world quarterback and wide receiver. But with our rotation and our depth and all pros at every level on this defense, the biggest challenge for the opposing team is going to be their offensive coordinator scheming against these guys. They're not going to know where the heck these guys are coming from, what they're looking for, what they're looking at. And we end up finishing in the top five in quarterback pressures, sacks, and interceptions as, a, as we go to the end of the season and hoist that Lombardi Trophy this year. All right. There you go. Appreciate the passion, Dominic. He's fired up, man. Thanks, He's Dominic. ready for the yeah. regular season. Let's go. I, I mean, I will say that, um, and Steve and I have talked about this, with Sean McDermott calling the plays, I think the general consensus is there could be, at times, more aggressive play calling under Coach McDermott. That is what the history is, you know, in terms of, um, you know, scheming things. Right and trying to be more unpredictable with the defense, as Dominic said, where pressure's coming from to, you know, discern, hey, how are we going to block this up? I think they're going to throw some curveballs more than we've seen in recent years at opposing offenses. That should translate into confusion, hurried throws, uh, interceptions, sacks. When Sean McDermott was the D.C. in Carolina, their team was routinely in the top five in sacks and takeaways. That's not by accident. Now, they had some horses down there, too. I mean, you're, you know, you're talking about some really, really good players down there, whether it's Luke Keekley, um, Julius, Julius Peppers. Peppers. Julius you know, pe- Peppers was a – People like that. So, Julius Peppers was a space alien. He was so gifted. Yes. You know, there's some guys like that out there. But, but the point is well point taken. Is, and, right, yeah. And I think it could make this defense – and Steve has said this – while they may not be number one in yards allowed to be the number one defense in the league, they may be near the top of the league in splash plays in terms of takeaways and sacks. Right. I mean, that's what we'd like. I mean, yeah, and I and I get it. Uh, to the casual fan, the Bills' defense last year was it was good, but it was, you know, okay. I, I want to see Josh Allen get off the kind of get off the field. You know, you didn't really you weren't with bated breath waiting for the next sack, the sack strip, fumble, interception, you know, tipped interception, all that stuff. It, it just didn't happen all that often or at least not in the moments where you'd remember it and and I think Bills fans are kind of hungry for one of those big play defenses um having having said that this defensive front and I we've talked about it I, I think the offensive line of the Bills is much better but it doesn't look it against this front these guys are com- they've got a, a wide range of skill sets Puna Ford Daquan Jones Ed Oliver down inside along with Harris, uh, Jordan Phillips Tim Settle, I Tim mean, run Sutt- down the list. They got some dudes, and the guys Even on the edges Kendall as well. that kid Kendall Vickers flashed. I know. Uh, all these guys. So they got some guys who can really disrupt, and I think with Sean McDermott, and right now they're still pouring one test tube into the other, finding right chemistry, finding the right mix, uh, guys who like to work together, who can work together, who are good at working together, seem to click with each other. 
uh, all of that's possible in there, and I think they're still experimenting with that. But I think Sean McDermott has a chance with this to really put a bunch of combinations out there that really force the offense to go, okay, wait, wait, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the quarterback's going to be looking over here, and he's going to have a protect. We've got a protection problem. And a telltale sign will be if if whoever it is in, on, on the game, on, sun, on you know, Eric, this kid, uh, Rich Stroud, or whoever it is in Indianapolis, whoever the, the Bills are playing. Or CJ, Anthony, Richardson. Anthony Richardson. If they're back there and he's like this, looking around and he starts bringing guys in off the edge to stand next to him to pass protect, you know they got a problem. That's, that's a telltale sign when a quarterback's back there and he's like, hey, and he's motioned a guy in because <laughs> he said, protect me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a problem. Stand over here. I need a bodyguard. Right. So uh, that'll, tell, that'll be a telltale sign as to – how much respect teams have for Bill's defense. We'll see it uh, when preseason starts and hopefully when the regular season starts. We're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk to one of those very past rushers. Or not, we won't talk to him. He's going to be addressing the media right after practice. Leonard Floyd talked to the media. We're going to re-rack his comments for you when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you live from St. John Fisher University, Bills training camp, day 10 in the books. Only two more practices out here remain for Wednesday and for Thursday. Time now, though, for us to turn to one Leonard Floyd who addressed the media after practice today. Look at it a positive because uh, I can go back to the film and, and go with my coach and we can correct it. And uh, I feel like as long as I make the mistake 100 miles an hour, I'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Just clean it up when I watch the film. How much different is this system compared to what you've been in the NFL with your socks? Oh, I, I don't have to drop nowhere near as much. Uh, yeah, in 3-4, I, I drop every other play. This defense, we we attack, attack, attack. Yeah, that's that a big your, Do you think that suits your game better? Yeah, definitely, man. That, that leads to getting targets for losses and hits on the quarterback and sacks. Uh, I definitely love that better. I've seen you, AJ, some of the other guys working with them and, and kind of you know back and forth with, with your knowledge. Why do you, do you think that that's an important part of this while you're also just trying to get implemented into a new team, doing both of those types of things? Uh, I think it's important because... Uh, You'll be able to trust each other when when either one of us is in the game. You know what I'm saying? We, we'll be able to know that uh, we got the moves to get to the quarterback no matter who's in the game. You guys have been getting after the quarterback in practices. Um, what has it been like to be a part of this defensive line and, and play through training camp so far? Uh, it's been fun, man. We got a great group of guys, and all the guys work hard, and uh, they, they know football, you know, uh, we, you can tell every guy wants to win, and every day we fight hard to win. How intense is that competition? I mean, they did a lot, and you're part of this, to to create competition at, you know, kind of that edge spot or whatever and getting after the quarterback. How, how has it been compared to other places? Uh, this, like I was telling uh, Shaq, uh, this is the best group I've been around as far as I can trust the guys when they're in the game. Like, I, they, they know football. I've been on teams where you couldn't really trust the guy behind me and I had to play like the whole game. 
this or being around these guys, I know with the rotation, everybody can eat. Everybody gonna eat. What's it? What, what creates that trust? Though? It, it, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Yeah. So what, what, what creates that trust? Uh, just the mentality from our from our position coach and and leaders. Uh, it's just the grind, and you can see it. Like the guys, they physical. We physical. You know what I'm saying? Like ain't nobody soft. Uh, guys get in the game, and they know. Let's get to the quarterback. Things of that nature. You. It shows you that you can trust. Them. What's it like going against Josh every day? Uh, it's been good, man. He he's a great he's a great guy to go against because ain't too many tacos in the league as good as him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's it's great competition for me and for the other guys too. I mean, uh, Josh Allen also like seeing Josh every day back there. Oh yeah, Josh, Josh man, he's the real Sorry. deal. I, I stated that plenty of times. Uh, I mean, he's the real deal. I can't really say nothing bad about him. Which player? Which player has drawn? You know. Like has drawn an interest since you got at the D line. That's you know coming to ask you questions. Most knowledgeable. Exactly the most question out of that group. Uh, I probably say me and AJ talk a lot. Uh, me and Shaq talk a lot. We know each other though. Uh, probably say those two guys. We we talk the most. Uh, we talk football the most. Uh, both guys can play ball too, and uh, I'm I'm excited to get out there with them. With AJ, how do you see him? Like you're spitting something out to him. He's 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 absorbing that, and then you see it out there on the field. Uh, it's, it, it shows that what type of player he is. He's a uh, he's a player that that knows the game well. He knows his moves. He he got his password moves, and uh, and as long as you got your password moves, you're gonna get the. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he's a good player. You're you're a you're a taller, longer guy. Yeah. Position. So is Gray. Can you guys? Talk a lot about that and say, like, because of your size compared to maybe what another edge rusher might be, how your moves, you might have to do some things differently going against different tackles? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you just got to know your body and know know what fits you well. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and once you figure that out, you'll be able to go into the game knowing that this move will work for me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's different. Even between me and Greg, we different. We rest completely two different ways and, uh, Man, it's been a few times me and him been in there together. It's it's gonna be hard to deal with. It's gonna be hard to deal with. I saw you talking to Tyrell Dodson at one point. He could have been talking about anything, but it looked like maybe a little technique. You guys were going back and forth. Is that the case sometimes with the, your linebackers? And what have you seen out of uh, Dodson? Uh, it's it's just sharing knowledge, knowledge of the game. No matter if I'm asking him a question about this call or he asking me a question about a rush move. It's just sharing knowledge and uh, doing whatever it takes to get better and, and win games. And from him, I mean, he's fighting for that spot. That's such an important spot in the defense. What have you seen from him and the way he interacts with all of the defensive players? Uh, just a hard worker mentality. Uh, he fights every day like everybody else. And uh, we're making it hard for the coach, you know what I'm saying? We're making it hard for him to see who's going to be out there. Do you feel, as much as you're first and foremost brought here for your physical talent, your uh, your success, your background, all of that, is do you feel that, that sense that you also have to be someone that the young guys can uh, draw from? And it's not just what you tell them, it's they see your example, right? And yeah. what you've been a part of, right? They look to you as something like that. Do you, do you feel that as much as it seems from the outside? Yeah, I feel that not only for me, from everybody. Uh, our coach do a good job in telling 
everybody in the room is leaders. You know what I'm saying? Ain't one specific leader. Everybody a leader in some form or fashion. And uh, I mean, I ask them questions too. I can't just sit here and say that they ask me all the questions. They I ask questions too because I'm new, and uh, it might be something I don't know in the call. I ask them, they'll tell me. And, uh, but yeah, you gotta lead by example for sure. Is it a fun thing to know that you, you could be part of something that you know that this was an area they wanted to address, and, and by reaching out for you and, and other things they did uh, to make it better? Is it fun to know that you could be part of this uplifting force for this unit for this pastor? Oh yeah, it's fun. It's fun to know, and uh, it's also a challenge. You got to answer to you. You got to come in every day and fight hard and. Uh, work as hard as you can to uh, achieve the goals that we putting out there for us. Leonard, with your, with your strength, long and really long, how do you win against some of these guys who've got you by 100? I mean, what has been the key for you for all this time? I mean, it might it might look like it. It's a lot of power, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a lot you have to deal with, quickness and everything. Uh, and I'm going I'm to make sure you see that during the season, you know what I'm saying? Like. It's a lot more than you think than just the body structure. It's, it's how I'm setting up the move. I'm getting out the ball, getting them, getting them weak. You know what I'm saying from kicking. Then you hit them with that power, and uh, it's just your body. You learn, learn, learning your body and knowing what moves you got. That's all it is. Taylor joked that you guys are the Buffalo uh, Rams. How does it feel to be reunited with some of your your teammates from from LA? Oh, it's, it's great, man. It's it's different too, man. We we work great. We work hard over here. Uh, I can tell this is a big winning coach, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. You, um, uh, Eric Washington, excuse me, described you. I think he said violent, aggressive, and edgy. Please talk much. Take us into what you're like on game day on the field. The mindset. Give away my secrets. Nah, you know what I mean. Uh, How would he say? Violent, aggressive, edgy. Yeah, that's that's basically how I feel pretty much when I put my pads on. It's it's time to get violent. It's time to uh, make plays, man. That's really all I think about, making plays. And especially when I know I got Vaughn and all them, they gonna make the play. I gotta make sure I make the play before them. You know, it's like competition. You know what I'm saying? Who gonna get there first? Leonard, you said on previous teams, played in full games and stuff like that here. They rotate their defensive linemen. Have you ever been a part of a team where, where they rotate as much as they do? Nah, nah. This this is my first time being around a, a collection of players where we can rotate and everybody is bringing A1 mentality and uh, uh, you can depend on the guys. Uh, yeah, this is my first time being around it. My other teams, it was all on me. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't really believe in a player behind me. Uh, but I like it, though. Keep you fresh. Play Chicago Bears. You, you, you know, well, Chicago, they went against Green Bay. Play Aaron Rodgers, you know, week one. How excited are you to reappoint yourself with Mr. Rodgers? I can't wait. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to get too much. I'm trying to keep it right here yeah. to it's closer. But, yeah, I love Aaron Rodgers, man. I can't wait to get after him. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a challenge. And my team going to be ready, and I'm going to be ready. That's Leonard Floyd addressing the media after practice, already throwing out some teasers for week one when he faces a familiar opponent, you know, beginning his career in Chicago and having to face Aaron Rodgers twice a season. First game in a Bills uniform, 
will be against Aaron yeah, Rodgers. We've talked a lot about what the atmosphere is going to be like in that building that night. Um, I, in the years I played there, there was always an energy in New York. And it's different than, than Highmark. It's, diff- it's unique. Like every stadium is unique. Uh, New York has, and I don't know how to describe it other than to say you can know that you're a New York guy, Brian. It's the weight of expectations uh-huh. that go along with the team. And it is a, an experienced, knowledgeable football crowd that refuse to cheer just to cheer. Oh, no, the standard and is high there. Th- it is. Championship and or bust. I have made the, the derogatory. I've always made the joke, you know, in the time that I played you know, with the Bills, and we played the Jets a ton, <laughs> that as an opposing player, the New York Jet fans, and they've been through it, let's face it. I mean, they've been through it. They are happiest when they have a good reason to boo their own team. That's their wheelhouse to, to me. And I'm, I, I say that kind of in a joking manner, but man, oh, man, they, don't, they do not hold back. I'm going to put it to you this they way. Are high on, when they're high on them, they're high on them. And when yeah. they're low on them, man, they will beat their own team with a stick. I, re- <laughs> I remember reading about the early Sabres years. I think it was after the 72-73 season. Sabres went to the playoffs in like their third season in existence. Made a nice run, but didn't get all the way. Right. And, you know, there's that famous – Fan reaction where they're clapping, you know, after they lose the series to whomever it was. Thank you, Sabres, was the chant. Thank you, Sabres, right. that whole thing. <laughs> Buffalo fans do that. Right. New York fans don't do they that. They do not do that. Not unless you win the whole thing. And if you win the whole thing, you are iconic and you are remembered forever. That's right. In that city. Just ask Joe Namath, who only won two more playoff games after the Super Bowl. I mean, that's it. Here's the thing. So, Remember what's he remembered for? Super Bowl guarantee. Super Let's Bowl go, three guarantee. That's too. it. It's it's true because you go back and look at Joe Namath's career in context, even in the context of when he played, he was he was okay. Yeah, statistically. I mean, he was throwing four thousand yards a season, which at that point was Big. relatively rare. Right. But beyond that, go look at his playoff record. Look it's not his, Hall of Fame. Look at his touchdown interceptions record. Um, and his completion percentage and all that, it, you know. But, man, oh, man, the dude won. The one that, he won that game. He won once, and, and he's remembered for it. And, 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 he's a, and I love the guy. He's great. Yeah. So, um, but that's the way it is in that city. And I, I think, I, I would think, being the guy I am and my experience, it would be the same in Buffalo. I mean, you look at Jim, Thurman, Bruce, I mean, people, you, those guys still get stopped, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's. I think it would be the same in Buffalo as it is there, but everything else maybe maybe not so yeah. close. We have to take a break here. One more segment to go here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio here at Training Camp. Back here on One Bills Live, skies have opened up here at Training Camp at St. John Fisher. It is pouring. Right now here, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. We're going to take one final call. Go to Debbie in Hamburg. What do you got for us, Debbie? Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, really love the show. Sure. Um, Thanks. I think it's a combination of things. Uh, you know, I think having uh, some of our players back healthy on the defensive unit, the new additions, and to me, I think it's going to be Sean McDermott calling plays to take that defense to the next level. 
Uh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And, you know, we had kind of gotten into that already a little bit, Steve. Um, I think we're all eagerly anticipating to see the effect that Sean McDermott's play calling will yeah. have on this defense. More importantly, we asked him today about how he is delegating the different responsibilities because there are times he wants to get into the details yeah. with his defensive players but then has head coaching responsibilities so he's got to delegate some of that whether it's al holcomb or eric washington or bobby babich or john butler whoever it is he's still navigating some of that right now i think that's a big deal i think in fact if you could make the case that it that to expect the defense to come out and be gangbusters right out of the gate may be hard to to get your mind around they may stumble out because because of the logistics of the head coach calling defensive mm-hmm. plays he hasn't done it in a while he's never done it as a head coach and to make sh- to do a whole game where you've got to take say hey listen take this series i got to go back and talk to these guys or somebody you know make the call on timeouts cuz i got to have my back to the field because i got to talk to my middle linebacker or the defensive line it's hard for as a defensive coordinator to go back talk to the guys and get the details of what they're seeing so you can infuse it into your play calling while you got to watch the offense and, and get them straight squared away. So there's a lot in this, and it may be, if they do get out to a stumbled start, this may have as much to do with it as anything. Yeah, but they, knowing how McDermott sweats the details, I'm not anticipating that mm, to yeah. be an issue going forward. That's it for us today. We'll be in studio at One Bills Drive tomorrow, so be sure to tune in at 1. Happy birthday to my lovely wife, who's still young and beautiful. Trey! We'll see you later, hon.